0: On this episode of Locked On Lightning, line changes coming soon. We also preview the tomorrow night's game against the Capitals, all that and more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I want to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. And just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And we're getting started with talking about some line changes. And because as well as the Tampa Bay Lightning played in their game the other night. I still have issues with the way that this team is being rolled out. Okay. So first line, obviously you got to keep point and Cooch together completely fine with that. Stamkos has been really just hit or miss here and there over the last couple of weeks, starting to look like he's starting to get it together, but I would feel a lot better if Steven Stamkos is playing on the second line, I think, and and then maybe, you know, this might be a source of contention with some people, you know, you don't want to sell yourself too thin, especially down the stretch and going into the playoffs. But I firmly believe that Brandon Hagel, and he was up there at one point during the season on the first line. I absolutely adore the combination of Hagel and Kucherov, and and I really think that's going to be your money line going into the playoffs, Um, and, and especially if the Lightning are looking to get past the first round, that is definitely going to be a combination that is going to be very, very important for you, especially to start off games. Now, obviously, as we all know, John Cooper loves, loves, loves to switch things around, which is why I'm perfectly fine you know, at the same time, I'm conflicted because I like Hagel with Point and Cooch. At the same time, we all know it's going to happen. You're going to have Ross Colton. He's been struggling this year, has not played up to the expectations that we all thought he would. Nick Paul has had a tough go of it. We thought we was he was going to continue scoring, and he has kind of fallen off as of late. So, which is why I understand at this point in time, Hagel is on the second line with those two gentlemen. But I just think that if you want to put your best foot forward, especially coming off a close loss to Boston, beating Carolina, I think you just got to throw all caution to the wayside and just throw the absolute best cop, best lines, you know, at this point. and, and, I might sound a little crazy saying this, but I think that the best way we could jumpstart this team is to just throw all our top guns together at once. You know, don't go for this balanced approach that we might see sometimes from John Cooper. And yes, I think Stamco's point and cooch is a balanced approach. But if you want to throw all your firepower all at once on, on a line, Hagel's your guy on the first line. Now, going down the line combinations, this is where it gets a little bit hairy because if we're moving Stamkos down to the second line, now, I'm even... I think I'm a huge advocate for even moving him down to the third. I I think that Stamkos on a line would cullorn and possibly, I, I mean... This is where it gets hairy, because I would ideally, ideally like to see Anthony Sorelli on the second line alongside Nick Paul and Colton on the wing. And then you kind of leave yourself, as I said, a little bit thin as we're going down. you know. So if Hagel is jumped up to the first line, Stamkos goes down to the third, and then Sorelli is your second line center, you kind of are in a weird situation where it's really... Kalorn, Stamkos, and and Maroon. Now, let's, let's just start off by saying with that whole combination that I do not, by any stretch of the imagination, think that we will see that kind of line in the playoffs or at any point in the future. But at the same time, crazier things have happened, crazier combinations have happened. I think, and like I said, and I'm going to continue to say this throughout the whole entire conversation, I think that you do sell yourself a little short with moving Stamkos down and Sorelli up because you don't really have that one guy. Well, let me rephrase that. If you put Stamkos on the third line with Kalorn. Most likely, you're going to have him play down the middle. Now, that's obviously not a firm middle because, as we know, he moves around. I the a lot of the players on this team move around. Most likely, the guy up down the middle would probably be Kalorn. But obviously, he starts out on the wing. Stamkos. I don't know how we feel about him really taking face-offs. I wouldn't really like that either. But my ideal line for that third line would be Stamkos, Kalorn, and Tanner Janot. I think Tanner Janot, since he's come to town, has, and there's been, this has a lot to do with it. He's gotten a lot of flack from people, by not by his own doing, for his performance. I think he's been fine thus far. I said when he came in. Don't expect him to light the world on fire like Nick Paul did last season. Um, It's just the situation, just what was given up in order to get him. I think at the end of the day, he's still a very good third-line player. I just think he needs to produce a little bit more. And having a guy like Steven Stamkos on his line to kind of guide him out there as well as Kalorn, I think that would be perfect. I honestly even... If it doesn't work out on the second line with Ross Colton, move him down to the third. Move Kalorn up top. I think that would be perfect. Now, how that plays out on the ice could be a whole different story. But really, at the end of the day, I, I, I think that you have those third line, those, those three lines, as I said. Uh, and let me just, in case you know, you lost track, it would be, it would be Hegel. Point and Cooch on the first, it'd be Paul, Sorelli, Colton on the second line, and then Stam Stamkos, and Tanner Janot on the third. And then obviously that leaves us with Maroon, Edward Belmar, and Corey Perry. That fourth line is just out there to lay hits. Let's let's just call it what it is. I Corey Perry is starting to show his age out there, which is fine. He's 37 years old. We all knew this was going to come. Last year was great for what they got for him in terms of what they were paying him. At the end of the day, he's still a human being who is aging. And sooner or later, uh, he's going to morph. He's, I mean, if he hasn't already. I mean, he was a scorer last year. Let's call it what it is. But at the end of the day, he's morphing now into more of a just a plain old sandpaper guy. And that's fine. And that is which is what I'm trying to work up towards. That is why I think that in the playoffs, and this is going to be interesting to see, and I would like to see Cooper trying to test this here and there throughout the season more and more if this is eventually the plan because I feel like we might see this in the playoffs, but in terms of the strategy, but i would not be surprised if john cooper come playoff time almost to a certain degree completely disregards his fourth line i know it sounds crazy but if he rolls out the lines the way i just stated them to be i think you could get away with that because if you look if you look at the lines that i just spoke about that third line, you have a scorer in Steven Stamkos. You have that veteran leadership in Steven Stamkos. And then you have another guy who could also score in Alex Kalorn, who could also play physical, who could also get into the dirty areas. And then you also have you also have Tanner Janeau, who is a wild card, because I firmly believe that he's one of those guys if he's just in the right situation with the right guys on the right line, he will produce, he will show that he is worth, well, not close to worth. I mean, he's going to have to score 30 plus goals in order for that, that deal to, to be counted as an even deal. But what, what I'm really saying is that he's, I, I, he's going to for the short term turn out to be the player that we need him to be. And then, so as for the fourth line, when does Cooper play them? <clears throat> Maybe here and there throughout the opening minutes, just, you know, because very high octane, both teams trying to find their way. That's fine. Uh, you don't want to burn out your your first three lines. And this goes not only for the playoffs, but this goes for the regular season, the remaining games that we have had. I think that you, you – as the game goes on, you almost have it like a pin a pitch management system pitch count you know same in baseball what they have <clears throat> you monitor the game, you see how guys are playing um and then you stretch out your first second third line so maybe every three rotations through one through three you throw out your fourth line there. Whereas, so that fourth line's coming out with a lot of energy. Uh, They're coming out with a lot of physicality and just their main focus is just to disrupt. That's it. Play D, play discipline, and disrupt. And then after you're done with that, after you've worn down the other team, that's when you throw out the Hagel point Kucherov line. So let me know what you think, think of that in the comments below. I don't... Think I'm not predicting that this is something is going to happen. I think it's more so my wishful thinking. I think that in the long run, now, like I said, it's a little risky just because you don't want to overwork your guys, give them a ton of ice time. But definitely something to experiment with because, you know, as well as the Lightning have played uh, over the last couple of games, win or lose, I still think that there's a lot of work to be done. I still think that there's some changes that need to be had and done uh, before uh, we could count the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, playoff ready. So we'll keep an eye on that. Let me know in the comments below, like I said on our YouTube channel, what you think. If you want to hit me up on the side uh, in terms of you know your thoughts, opinions, let me know on Twitter, danky D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K, or give us a follow on our on our Instagram account at LO underscore lightning uh, on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. So, I mean, you could message us anywhere. It'll get back to me. I'll find it somehow, (laughs) or I'll hear about it somehow. And we'll talk about it on the show because I want this. I I think this idea, as well as this conversation, is going to be very much fluid as the season comes to a close and as the playoffs uh, get underway. So we'll talk about, tomorrow night's game against the washington capitals in just a little bit but first i'm going to talk about today's sponsor and that is our good friends at fanduel sportsbook now they are the best in the biz plain and simple and that is why they are america's number one sportsbook people listen because that nobody else has this deal because right now fanduel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net this March madness. Who do you have? If you were like me and not my bracket and had Tennessee, well, guess what? You're done. Your bracket is busted. So, but you can still bet on the games. our with our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. So all you have to do is set an up up account and use the app. It's super easy, secure, and safe. So don't miss your shot at No Sweat First Bet. Up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up today. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So, yeah, let me know what you think about our line change conversations because like I said, it's going to be a constant evolving conversation that I think a lot of lightning fans will be having. A lot of lightning fans will be thinking about, especially as the playoffs start and go on because I'd be very shocked if Cooper doesn't drastically change something at some point during the Maple Leaf series. Because, let's face it, the Lightning are not our stereotypical Lightning. They have not been playing well, especially over the last month or so. And they're going to have trouble with Toronto, just like they did last year, if not more trouble. I would expect that they have a little bit more difficulty with Toronto, which is why I think that it's better to experiment just a little bit with lines now rather than In game three, when you're down 2 nothing in the second period, Uh, I'm sure he's experimenting in in practice, which is perfectly fine. But at the same time, it's it's a totally different animal when you're going from practice to game speed. So I would say, you know what, throw him out. Throw him out against the Washington Capitals. And the Capitals are a good test. Um, Even though they haven't been playing well, you could always guarantee that this team is going to play you play very tough hockey game, and so in their meetings thus far this season, the Lightning have split those matchups, uh, losing back in November 5-1 and then winning at Amelie uh, two days later, 6-3 on November 13th. So, I mean, do we even look at those matchups early on back in November because we like to think that this lightning team is different right we like to think that march nearing practically april tampa bay lightning are a different team than november lightning who were just were were kind of kind of to me at least to a certain degree like tom hanks out in the middle of the ocean trying to swim towards wilson as he was floating away and not getting anywhere close to him. I feel like that's how the lightning were. They were just floating out in the middle of the ocean, just kind of take going where the tide was taking them, not really having any due course, any really perfect way or system to to get where they needed to go. We really only saw that in the month of January, and that has started to obviously fall that, their performance obviously started to fall from there, but then last two games have been very encouraging. And I think that, and if you caught my last episode, go ahead and do that. I kind of alluded to in that, that I thought that we're not at the point of where the confidence, at least for us, I don't know. I mean, the team could feel any way they want, but for us as fans looking on the outside, looking in, I think we need to see more. And I think we could all agree that we need to see more. And I think that if, as encouraging as the Lightning having a one-goal loss, one-goal deficit loss to Boston in Boston, and then shutting out Carolina, as encouraging as that is, pretty much holding your own against the top two teams in the league points-wise, if the lightning go out tomorrow and lay an absolute egg, it's going to be very concerning because you have a lot of tough teams over the next three weeks that you're going to have to really just go in there and play discipline in order to beat them. And so my, my issue about tomorrow is even if they win, if it's a sloppy game, if it's a game that they win by the skin of their teeth, I think we should still be concerned and, and, Where I think we are right now with this team in terms of confidence on the scale, 10 being absolute panic, and then one, I guess, well, zero being none at all, completely relaxed. I think we're legitimate in our worries, at least for me, to be at a six, especially if they win tomorrow and they still make mistakes we're still seeing the same things and it's more so just the capitals just shooting themselves in the foot i would have to say that you know really the the needle doesn't move for me with this team in either way i think if the lightning go out tomorrow and win a 3-2 game and those two goals are from ovechkin that's a totally different animal because Ovechkin's a force in nature. We already know that. He kills the lightning. So I think at the end of the day, like I like I referenced on the last episode, last night's episode, what it comes down to is that I would rather it be a game of the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Alexander Ovechkin, not the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Capitals. Because as we've seen at certain points this year, as well as the last (laughs) decade that this is a one dimensional team that everything through this team flows through Alexander Ovechkin and rightfully so he's one of the greatest scorers of this generation. But what I'm trying to say is that you can't stop Alexander Ovechkin. That's a fact. What I'm trying to say is stop the other guys on the ice because this lightning team can totally go out there and, you know, obviously it's, it's one thing if Ovechkin goes out there and scores a hat trick or more, it's a whole different issue. But what I'm saying is that I would rather and maybe you might disagree with me. This might be a little controversial. I would rather have Ovechkin beat us instead of instead of the Capitals as a team. And I'm saying that because I fully expect Andre Vasilevsky to be in net tomorrow night. And then you have Elliott against the the, the Islanders. Cause that's how I look at it. And this is how I was looking at going into Boston prior to the center's game where everything went to hell. I think that the Islanders are obviously the bigger fish to fry in this situation. They've been playing well as of late, whereas the capitals have not their last 10, three, five and two. They lost their last game. So they're coming off kind of wh- licking their wounds. Um, off a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I'd be I'd be more confident going into Saturday's game against the Islanders if the Lightning win tomorrow night's game, especially if they win it in somewhat a way that mirrors the performance that we saw against the Carolina Hurricanes. So in summation Lightning fans they're in a they're they're going in the right direction but they're not out of the woods yet far from it so wrapping things up here on the show uh just want to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day as you always have and always will uh and thank you for subscribing to the channel if you haven't already done so please go ahead you know we're available on youtube subscribe to our channel hit that notification button give us a thumbs up if you're watching this video if you haven't already done so and if you're listening to us on an audio platform go ahead and subscribe we are available wherever podcasts are distributed so that is spotify itunes google play stitcher i'm drawing a blank on all the other ones i'm sure there's tons uh yeah go ahead and do all that subscribe i mean follow us on our social media pages as as well lo underscore lightning on twitter as well as locked on underscore lightning on instagram give me a follow on my twitter page at danky dank like i said if you want to have a question if you want to ask a question about this team uh and you don't want to do it underneath the comments on youtube that's perfectly fine go ahead and deem dm me on my personal twitter account or dm the show and i will eventually see it and we will talk about it so let me know what you know let me know what you think let me know what you know let me know what you think uh about my line changes better worse risky not so risky let me know let me know how you feel about tomorrow night's game i really think that this is a game that really we should all in retrospect, not even have to watch and wonder who wins it. That's just how I look at it. This is a game that the Lightning 110% should win. This is also a game where if the Lightning lose, I wouldn't be surprised because that's just how the way things have been going. But at the same time, if the Lightning lose this game and there's a bad call or a a bad bounce here and there, and it's a low-scoring game, I'll say, okay, just they got lucky. The better team won that night. The puck didn't bounce in favor of the Lightning. But if we get a stereotypical Lightning loss where starting off slow, poor puck possession, getting dominated in the face-off circle, not executing on the power play, and that's another thing. We need to see some power play goals. This power play is absolutely atrocious. And really... John Cooper and company need to do something about it because this isn't going to fly whatsoever in the playoffs against Toronto. So they need to figure it out. And the clock is ticking because game one will be here before you know it. So if you have any suggestions towards the power play, let me know. Put them in the comments below and we'll talk about them on the next episode. But in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you next.